Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Good morning and happy Easter to everyone. Get to say that for a bunch of more days. Happy Easter. Alleluia. Alleluia. He is risen. Let's ride the wave. Welcome to Red Sea Roundup. I'm your host, Judy Como. So happy to be here. Happy to be in our wonderful station, St. Mary's. Get to look over our shoulder at a beautiful, sunshiny day. Hail Mary, blue sky. See the construction going on, changes so quickly. Um, here with a whole bunch of folk. If you're listening for the first time, my goodness, high five to you because you're going to have a great day listening. Um, as my, I host this show once a month, and as the Dennis and Thaddeus will attest, I rarely have a really good plan as to what my show is going to be, but. This year, I have had a good plan, and my shows progressively has been about the sacraments, and today we're going to be talking and learning more about the sacrament of confirmation. My guest is Barbara Swatek. That name should sound familiar, but her voice even more because she does some PSAs on prayer, and she's in charge of our Moses ministry. Maybe she'll have some time to tell us about that, but... In the second part of the show, we'll be talking about the Sacrament of Confirmation. Good morning. I'm going to say good morning, Dennis, but he's frantically doing some other stuff. So maybe Thaddeus could jump on in here with... Good morning, Thaddeus. Good morning, Judy. How are you doing? I'm doing great. We always have to jokingly look at each other and smirk a little bit and resist saying the good morning, Vietnam. Good morning. Good morning. We We do. That's awesome. Glad to be with you. I'm glad, too. And your lovely wife is here. Yes, she is. And I hope that we're going to be talking about victory sports because we had a wonderful experience with that this past Saturday. Good morning, Robin. Yes, we did. Good and we morning. Have some, we have some thank yous that we need to put out onto the airwaves this morning, good, too, as we good. talk about I victory sports. But yeah, texted someone great. that attended it and got a few little comments from uh, from them and their experience and... So can you take a collective breath yet? Or are you moving on to the next one? <laughs> well, we get a short, s- small, or a quick, big collective breath. And then, you know, we're already planning for the next one because basketball clinics are in less than two weeks. So okay. it's Just great. talk real briefly yes. about what Victory Sports is, what we had this past weekend, and springboard into what's coming up. Sure. Victory Sports is uh, the Red Sea Apostolate initiative. And really, we're seeking to um, provide the beauty of the faith through the through the beauty of sport, excuse me. And it's just a, a way that we can help the domestic church grow in community and um, help support the domestic church as, you know, we proceed on and in, in developing saints and everyone growing in holiness. Um, so, that's kind of in a nutshell and that through sport. And and we're starting out with some clinics this spring just to help 
kind of wet the whistle or get mm-hmm. people introduced to this idea of how the beauty and and kind of regimen and uh, focus in sport can just cross right over into not not only large life at large or larger life or life outside of sport, but also the spiritual life and, and how that spiritual life really seeps into every aspect of, of our beings, right? Absolutely. And the freedom faith. of sport and the freedom to incorporate prayer. Um, I mean, there's a very high uh, focus in the news right now of a case that's gone all the way to the Supreme Court about a coach who just simply walked out to the middle of the field to pray after a game and all the world is up in arms about that. So this is a wonderful place for us to be really experience the free speech goes both ways. Right. Um, so this past weekend, we so had this our past fr- weekend, we had our first clinic. It was a volleyball clinic at St. Anthony's in the gymnasium, beautiful gym there and great space for over 40 young girls to come and learn volleyball. Many of them, it looked like, you know, for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, so fantastic. It was a lot of fun. There were a lot of smiles and lots of excitement. We started the the afternoon in, in prayer and, and making an association between trust and, and faith and how that, um, that virtue impacts and can be applied to sport, but also how in sport, when we learn to trust our coaches or trust the skill that we're practicing and, and understand that, you know, sometimes we don't feel like practicing the little toss that goes with the volleyball serve, but that little detail is a really important detail um, to be able to have, a, you know, success in, in serving. Um, you know, I think as I'm talking about that right now, that's very similar to this, to the spiritual life and prayer life, right? I mean, sometimes those little details of, just practicing and exercising it, that prayer muscle, so to speak, and and asking um, the Holy Spirit's grace upon us to to teach us to pray, to show us how um, He wants us to pray. Just that small little detail um, helps in the execution of prayer and and our overall prayer life, like volleyball. Right? We practice those little details and trust that by practicing those little things, that's going to free us to have a more full and complete game. Yes. Well, I did know some uh, a parent and a child that was at the clinic. So Wonderful. I texted them and said, hey, give me a little something that I can bring back to them. And so six-year-old Ruth said it was fun, but it was hard. But she had fun, and she, the mom actually videoed her to send it to me, and she was swinging like her serve and all of that stuff. But the mom went on to say, y'all definitely made the connection between sport and spiritual that they go hand in hand and how the coaches were able to capture those teachable moments to plant the seeds. So high five. Kids were challenged to grow in their faith along through the sport, start and end in prayer, loved seeing her daughter try something new and enjoying it. Loved the concert afterwards. The, her kids did not want to leave, but they were already past a bath and bedtime thing. So they had a blast. So I think that was part of the goal, wasn't it? Great, it was. Yes. Um, that's fantastic to hear that mm-hmm. that kind of response. Yes, it seemed like 
everybody had a good time. You know, everybody enjoyed themselves. And, and even the coaches, you know, we had some two, two assistants or two helpers that are Aggie volleyball players and some high school age players, um, some almost high school age that were helping us, uh, you know, facilitate that trust throughout the course of the clinic, the afternoon. And, and they all enjoyed themselves, you know, in our post clinic kind of breakdown with the coaches, they all were excited and can we please help again? You know, so it's wonderful. Yes. (laughs) Great. Uh, Thaddeus, you had something to add? Um, I wanted to make sure that we took some time to thank Father Raj at St. Anthony's for opening St. Anthony's to the clinic and making that possible and coming over and speaking to the girls and blessing them with holy water. Uh, We want to thank all the members of the St. Anthony's community who got behind this effort and um, said, yeah, let's, let's do this. Let's, let's see this happen. Let's see the gym um, be filled with all these, these young people around the area. Um, And it was just really, really gratifying to, to get that support from St. Anthony's and to see that life in that gym. And we want to thank all the parents that took a chance on something new and sent their girls and put us in their, their children in our care. Um, And we want to, we want to just invite everyone to check out the basketball clinic that's going to be on May 7th for girls and boys. You can go to victoryyouthsports.org to get more information and to register. It's $25 to register per child, but if you have already sent your daughter to the volleyball clinic, that registration now is $10. And if you register multiple children past that first child, those are $10 registrations. So we're trying to make it affordable, accessible for for families of all um, means. And we really encourage you to be be a, a part of Victory Sports and check out the basketball clinic on the 7th and the flag football clinic to come on the 14th. VictoryYouthSports.org is where you can register and get more information. Right, Robin? That's correct. Yes. Excellent. All right. Great. Thank you all so much. Thank you for being here. We uh, It's just such an exciting time uh, to actually have some things that are coming up to talk about. Um, the, the world is waking up and we're springtime and growing um this saturday april the 30th will be the third in a seven part series uh put on by the ladies of regnum christi seven characteristics of a disciple uh saturday april 30th at 9 a.m to noon at the saint joseph's church you can start off your day by attending mass at 8 15 There will be reflections presented by Deacon Fernando Ricard and yours truly, Judy Como. Uh, Light refreshments will be served. Please invite a friend. Babysitting is provided. Uh, There is a charge. They suggest an offering of $15, but don't let that keep you from coming. So that's this Saturday, April the 30th. And this weekend is a wonderful celebration, the 58th annual bazaar saint anthony's catholic church uh first time in three years that we've had a live live uh, that's that's outstanding three years i know well and then the they had to move the date and all this virtual stuff and so the last one was actually in october so to turn it around and be able Mm -hmm. to pull it off so uh saint anthony's it's out at the pavilion on Tabor road 
You can check out St. Anthony's website or their Facebook page to uh, see a whole lot more details. Uh, they have mass out there at 9 a.m., and things start rolling right away after that. Barbecue, live and silent auction, raffle, wine and dine, cake wheel, kitty land, gift card wheel, lots of things. Don't want barbecue? Grab you a hamburger. They have a penny raffle. Just a lot of fun and fellowship. The 58th annual bazaar and homecoming. If you are just joining us, I want to <clears throat> remind you that the next portion of the show, starting in about 3.2 minutes, uh, we're going to talk about the Sacrament of Confirmation. And I want to welcome all of our listeners here locally in the Bryan College Station area, listening on 88.5 here in the Brazos Valley, KYAR 98.3 FM, that's over in Waco, Central Texas, and we have a station in Palestine, 107.9, but I think we're having some technical difficulties there. Um, that is a question. Yes. Has, has the Vatican II series ended? Have y'all completed that study yet? We've got about two more weeks left. Okay, and the plan is to do that again, right? The plan is to offer another session, but we don't have nailed down where it's going to be and when it's going to start. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I know, people will... And, and we're going to run it in Waco, too. We've got two two sessions uh, getting ready for, for Waco, but they're still trying to decide when their their start date's going to be. Mm-hmm. But so just listen to just talk a little bit. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what it is? And Yeah. Um, so for the, since, uh, since February 18th, uh, people have been meeting weekly with uh, me at St. Mary's and with Deacon Mike and at St. Anthony's in the evenings, uh, going through a discussion of the four major constitutions um, from the Second Vatican Council, discussing the the contents of them, because it's important to understand the council and what it intended to actually read its documents, because the doc, the council is the documents. And we want to do another one of those sessions uh, here in BCS and also in Waco. So stay tuned to Red Sea Radio and to our website, redsearadio.org. Awesome. We probably wouldn't mind if someone would shoot us a text or an email saying they're interested and in maybe what... Sure. Timing would would work out. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll be the first in line. Cool. I want it to be on Fridays okay. at ten a.m. Okay. But, uh, Good. <laughs> you're not just discovering that I'm a big old Brad, are you? No. Like but I do know we need to get out to break. Let's get it. All right. Stick with us. We'll be I can back. See Dennis's nervous face. And we'll be talking with Barbara Swatek about confirmation. Welcome back to Red Sea Roundup. I am your host, Judy Como. Very excited to be here. Uh, my guest is Barbara Swatek. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning, Judy. Good morning, everybody out there in Red Sea Radio Land. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. You know, uh, Red Sea Roundup kind of came about. Our pal, Megan, did it for so long, and when we 
she was leaving and she encouraged those of us who were going to become a host. She said, um, always try to look for someone, uh, you know very well and talk about something that you really love. And I do know you very well, and we both love us some confirmation, don't we? We do. It's yeah. the best. It's not the best, but it's one of the four best. One of the, one of the seven best. Depending <laughs> <laughs> which way you want to look at it. <laughs> very good. Uh, Barbara is a convert to Catholicism, and you've been a catechist almost since the day you converted. And... Uh, <laughs> In many different ways, you've been uh, teaching the faith as you learned it with such uh, joy and passion. And um, later on, after your conversion, you were a youth minister. We worked in youth ministry together, and we focused on confirmation together for quite a while. So it's uh, very exciting to kind of embrace this sacrament. Maybe we'll give just some... Uh, you can start it off any old way that you want to, but uh, talk about, I knew that you gave this talk at RCIA <laughs> this year, and that was the impetus of getting you to come and talk about it. So what you think? Well, thank you for having me and trusting me to be on the radio with such important information. But yes, I did give the talk to RCIA this past year, and I've been a confirmation uh, coordinator, director, or whatever, um, many years, mm -hmm. not since I've kind of retired from that, went back to doing fifth grade. But um, yeah, confirmation is just an amazing experience, I think, because I experienced it as an adult. But the traditional way that the church recommends is for um, when a, after a child is baptized, that they go through certain seasons of life. Um, to receive their first sacraments. And uh, so then they have baptism and then they go to uh, first confession, first um, Eucharist. Eucharist, of course, and then, and then confirmation is the fourth. But confirmation is the actual, what I, I thought this was so cool. So confirmation is when you're already baptized into the family of God and when you're baptized, duh. But for confirmation, that's when you are given the power by the Holy Spirit to be an evangelist for the church. And, and that's pretty cool for a 10th grader, you know, put a little pressure on them. Mm -hmm. You are now, you know, and so the word in initiation, I never even spoke about this before, but, you know, I started thinking about it on the way over here and I'm like, that's kind of an interesting thing to call it, a sacrament right. so of initiation. So the first sacraments of initiation are baptism, Eucharist, and confirmation. Those are the... Four. You missed... Well, I know that confirmation, that confession <laughs> is a sacrament, but it's it's a sacrament of healing. It's not included in the sacrament oh, yes, of, yes, of initiation. But uh, regardless, so confirmation. Well, oh, because I recently looked at my baptismal record and I was I received my first communion at six years old and I was confirmed two years later in the fourth grade and wow. um, those of you who are nearly 65 years old as I am <laughs> confirmation at that time they the bishop uh, anointed you and then gave you a little slap on the face right and they don't uh, do that but anymore. they don't they don't do it anymore, but they didn't explain what it was and why they were doing that. But like you said, 
after confirmation, you're able to speak for the faith. You are a member of church militant. So right. they gave that little slap on the face to say you're going to be fighting in this war. Right. And so that kind of goes back to the word initiation I was um, talking about because mm-hmm. it, I think of initiation into like a, a Greek sorority or for fraternity. They always have like these rituals that you go through and and um, and a Catholic confirmation is no different. We We have quite a few rules to follow to be to be confirmed usually but as i found out (laughs) as the confirmation coordinator they're really the only thing a person really has to do to be confirmed is ask to be confirmed you have to be baptized and baptized yeah right so i remember (laughs) um having to go to some training sessions as uh, we were in formation uh, for my husband to become a deacon. And uh, I was kind of lamenting to the lady who was teaching the class. I was like, Art, Catholic means universal, and there's seldom anything universal about our faith. <laughs> and this church, you have to do this for two years, and you have to, and you know, oh, okay, that doesn't suit me, so I'm going to go to another parish right. where the prerequisites. And she said, there are no, there's only two requirements to be confirmed, as I said. They have to be baptized, and they have to ask for it. So if someone's driving through anywhere USA, and they read in a bulletin that confirmation is happening at 10 a.m. at St. Elsewhere, they could walk through the door and ask for the sacrament, and it. They would have to walk in the door be. with their baptismal certificate, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I know I'm <laughs> very generalizing. Of, very well, generalized, you know, but a lot of I don't know how many people have their baptismal <laughs> certificate just laying around like you do, but you do. I do. I do. <laughs> I don't know. I'd love to hear how many people out there can put their hands on their baptismal certificate. Mm-hmm. I don't think I can. Well, all the information should. Wherever you are baptized is your all your information sacramentally goes there. So if you that was very interesting when I became Catholic, um, I still feel like I'm still becoming Catholic sometimes. But um, the I was shocked as the confirmation coordinator that the work I had to go through to be able to get these kids confirmed, and I say work because. Most everybody was fine uh, coming up with their, uh, you know, just call the church where you were baptized and, and they'll send it over, especially here in this town. Like we call St. Joseph. We've got four kids coming in and that's where they were baptized. So um, the churches speak very well to each other in our diocese. But I had children that uh, had been baptized in other countries and uh, some that we we. You know, we had to go on a pack mule up into the mountains in the Indies <laughs> to go find this baptismal certificate because the church is insisting on it. And if you can't get it, then you've got to find um, other proof that they were baptized because you can't be rebaptized and you can't be reconfirmed either. So once you're confirmed, once you're sealed in the Holy Spirit like that, it just can't be taken away. No matter if you decide you don't want to be Catholic anymore or if you <laughs> just, you know, you just can't just undo it because you're sealed in, with the the Holy Spirit with the chrism oil on your forehead during uh, baptism and also, again, at your confirmation. 
And I always, it's a mark. It's an indelible mark that does not come off. You can't wash it off. It's there forever. And I kind of think of it, like I think in terms of, I think a little weird sometimes, but I think sometimes Who in told the future, you? you did many times, <laughs> I think in the future someday, we'll be able to see that mark. I mean, you know, hologram, mm-hmm. my hologram cross is going to come across when I'm going up to heaven, I maybe. So. I don't know. I think so. But all I know is well, it's... Well, a lot of, you know, the sacraments are sure. mystical. And, yeah. um, and we can't see that realm, but we we know it's there. I know it's there because right. I I wouldn't have become a Catholic had I not met Jesus Christ in person at St. Saint Joseph Church, um, kind of by accident. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I met him. I saw him on the altar, I mean, behind the altar, writhing in pain in that shadow. I'll never forget that. And I'll never forget the, the call that was in my heart. And, I'll, you know, and <laughs> it was... I couldn't turn back from it. I, I couldn't. There was just no turning away. So mm-hmm. I died in the wool, feminist, cath, uh, feminist, anti-Catholic, anti-Christian, um, uh, atheist. I was you know, instant. Kind of did a number on my husband. <laughs> but anyways, from that point on, you say I was a catechist from then on. Um, I didn't know I was, but but I I, I was. You know, and I found out later when I started teaching fifth grade RE, was roped into it by uh, St. Anthony's to do this. Um, I didn't realize how much you learn by teaching. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I still love to teach. Um, I've been sick for a long time and I'm I'm back and I'm um, loving teaching fifth grade right now. But I am preparing them for confirmation. And I hope from the time a, a baby is Born or even before then, I hope that the parents are practicing their faith as that's what you're confirmed and asked to do when you become confirmed. Mm-hmm. It's not just a thing you're doing as a, you know, one of the little marks through your childhood to do. It's it's a lot more than that. Okay. Yes, it, I agree. And collectively working, parents working with the catechist how much better uh, that would be. And so you said you got this talk for RCIA, which is mainly talking to adults. Yes. But because of your experience in the high school, um, let's talk about the sacrament itself. Yes, and I did also want to say, as far as parents preparing their kids, this Victory Sports is, is a great way to do it. You know, just there's so many ways to be Catholic. There's infinite ways to be Catholic. And so we, we're just called to live out our faith. Um, so the talk that I gave to um, to the high schoolers and to um, the uh, RCIA. RCIA and anybody else that has about confirmation, uh, the church requires just a f- well. First of all, it is one of the four um, sacraments of initiation, and it follows in line like after baptism. And uh, Holy Communion, and then, then we then we have confirmation. confirmation. Duh, trying to get that out. Sorry. Um, so I went back on and just kind of looked back over what the church asks, um, because they they have a few little stipulations that they ask for um, p- 
parents to be ready when, when they bring in their child to confirmation. And um, it's understood that the kids should be in religious education. They should be going through faith formation before they're confirmed because they need to know what they're doing, you know, and, and the, so the church has decided, uh, well, they seem to change their mind every decade or so, but um, they like the kids to come in at the age of, um, I think they call it the age of discernment. So that's about 14, you know, uh, ninth, 10th grade. But I've seen church, other churches do it, you know, 11th and 12th grade. And I've seen them do it in junior high. So it's all different. I I kind of scanned some of the churches in our diocese last night, and there's still <laughs> there's still a little bit of difference in mm-hmm. each one. The other thing is that um, your child and your family should be part of the parish that you're getting confirmed in because you're you're getting confirmed into the universal church, but also into your parish, and there it's very important to be involved in your parish because. Otherwise, your faith is just kind of two-dimensional. You know, you, you might go to church on Sunday to accept a, you know, for out of tradition or, you know, whatever, Catholic Obedience. Guilt. Yeah. Obedience. Yeah. But, but to become fully alive Catholic is more than three-dimensional. It, you know, you've got the spiritual dimension in there and it's... There's just so much to life that you can enjoy through the Holy Spirit who is coming to you sealed in the Holy Spirit with that oil. It's amazing. And it is more than a sweet smelling oil. It's also the other thing is the bishop is the called the regular ordinary, I believe is his official name. But he he's the one that comes to each church and uh, does the actual confirmation for the kids. And that means our bishop is a very busy man, and they do confirmations from September through May, June through June, and I think the bishop's on the road every weekend <laughs> going to do those confirmations. Um, they can be done by somebody else in an emergency, like even in, in a hospital or something. It can be done. Yeah. Or, well, uh, last weekend was confirmation here, uh, and it was a combined with um, St. Joseph, St. Anthony, and I think St. Mary's as well. And Father James Misko, who's the vicar general of the diocese, conferred confirmation at that time. And at Easter vigils, the bishop surely can't do that. So he gives the pastor permission to perform the confirmation. I didn't realize that they did so many churches this time. here, yes, mm-hmm. this past weekend. Makes good sense. Well, it does. It's just they need to change their, <laughs> they need to change what they've got online on their, um, on what I've seen the USCCB write about confirmation and where to have, it was the parish emphasis that they were putting on mm-hmm. it. But, you know, we're a small town and um, we're, we're just one big fa- happy family. I remember when you and I really started getting to be friends we were amazed at what was going on in Bryan College Station with with the Catholics on fire, you know, and, and to get two bishops out of <laughs> one. This is just who were actually in the same First Communion class years ago at yeah, St. Joseph. They were Boy Scouts together. Even. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, um, yes. So speaking of adults, uh, adults will go through the uh, rite of Christian initiation for adults, and they get confirmed in sometime in the spring as well, but not with not with the children. They're done separately. Hmm. But that's the way it happened for me. And the week before my confirmation, I quit. <laughs> and I wasn't going to be Catholic. I just just couldn't do it. And I decided I just wasn't holy enough. I, I didn't think I was ready. And my sponsor, God bless him, Maurice Connell. I don't think he lives here anymore. He he and his wife, Cheryl, just kind of gave me a big hug and said, none of us are, are worthy of being Catholic. We need the grace of the Catholic Church and the Holy Spirit to help us to become holy. And that's what um, finally talked me into it. Mm-hmm. So it was it was amazing, the actual feeling that chrism on your head and um, on your forehead. And for me, it just burned right through my brain. That's why I can't stop being an active Catholic because I can't imagine turning away. Uh, absolutely. Wonderful. So can you kind of give our listeners an idea of what a high school confirmation program would look like? Um, Depends what? on your church, but it um, at the very least, you need to go through, the children need to go through um, study that is a minimum nine weeks, a maximum of 12 weeks, I believe. And they need a retreat in that time. And um, when when I was teaching it, I would always, I kind of required the parents and the sponsors to come as well. And we did it on nine consecutive Sundays. And I we made it like a novena of confirmation sessions. And it was wonderful getting these kids and their sponsors together with their um, parents and studying uh, confirmation and everything about the church because they need to they need to know what the Catholic Church is, what we teach, and you know, and there's a lot to it, a lot more than it goes into a lot more than what they've done in the prior eight or nine years or whatever mm-hmm. that they've done. So we. We get. We also would ask that the sponsors, ideally, this is the USCCB talking, not always um, practical, but they do ask that the sponsor be the same person that was the godparent of the child, the baptismal, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and that's because it does really kind of take a village to raise a a child and. Even though Hillary Clinton <clears throat> was the one that actually said that and made it famous, uh, the Catholics are the ones that have put this into practice. Uh, we're a family church, and we we we're the body of Christ. We we just emphasize that throughout our lives. That's one of the big things that's hit me as a Catholic. I guess part of the big family, part of a small family in our parish too. Mm-hmm. But the sponsor ideally is somebody that's going to actually help this child understand the faith. And we've, we've got, and so part of them coming and the parents coming is because they still need ongoing um, faith formation as well. Because you get very busy as a parent and maybe don't 
understand or, you know, get why you should be working on your faith as much as for me it's not work. But I mean, it's it's just something that should be more a part of your life if you want to have the fullness of the faith. Mm-hmm. You know, you're calling down the Holy Spirit and that's what you... I don't know how to even word it, Jeannie. You know, you're <laughs> help me out here. <laughs> I'm sitting here throwing, throw me a line. Help me, <laughs> it's all me good. Out. It's all good. Um, I think I went down a hole. Yeah, throughout throughout the uh, however many weeks or uh, time frame of the confirmation, there's a lot of focus on the Holy Spirit, where we uh, dive a little deeper into the gifts of the Holy Spirit and help having an understanding of each gift of the Holy Spirit. I remember uh, Beth Coles talking about, um, you know, if somebody gives you a gift, you don't say, oh, thank you so much for this gift. It's wrapped so pretty, and now I'm going to go put it on the shelf in the closet and not open it up. You have to open up that gift of receiving the Holy Spirit. Yes, you received it. Uh, All the sacraments hinge on the invocation of the Holy Spirit, but... During, ba- during confirmation, those gifts are focused upon and um, help the teen or the adult receiving them really think about leaning in on wisdom. Ooh, that's good. Leaning in. <clears throat> I like that. So um, this is just, I'm reading this off of the, this is the Diocese of Austin Anybody can go to the Diocese of Austin and, and just type in confirmation and you'll, this will pop up, one of the things. But um, they, when they go through this uh, study sessions and they're in the church and they're about to get confirmed, Bishop Joe will be asking questions and wants to know, are they ready? Did they learn their stuff? And as a confirmation coordinator... I don't want to be made a fool of when my kids are sitting there and they don't want to raise their hands. So we really would drill them with the questions um, that the bishop might ask. But more importantly, we wanted them to know um, what it was, what it is they're asking when they're asking to become uh, confirmed in the church. And so they're renewing their baptismal promises and um, everybody gets to opportunity to do that. We don't get to do that very often, not the full thing anyway. And then um, they need to show that they want to have an act, active life in the church and that they're actively participating. At our, and when I was doing it, um, Father Joseph also had them sign in when they came to, in to go to Mass because he wanted to make sure they were going to Mass. And if they weren't going at our church, that they needed to bring a note from the pastor of, of the other church. So that was kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> that was a lot of paperwork. That was really fun. Um, also, we need to, they need to know. To show that they're practicing Catholics. Right. It wasn't just some arbitrary thing. Exactly. You know, if you did, it'd be very easy for a pastor not to know everyone. So to have the sign in uh, to show that you're serious about what you're taking on. You're learning, you're attending Mass. Right. If not at your own parish, bring a bulletin, that kind of a thing. It was, you know, he, he was being a father. Um, he cares about his flock and he cared. He wanted his 
he wanted these kids to come to Mass because you get grace just coming to Mass. Your parents are getting grace coming to Mass. It's good for the family. So uh, that was that's a big thing. And then they need to be willing to commit to um, active participation in the church other than just going. You know, the church needs helpers. We need rowers, not the anchors, you know. So... <laughs> Well, yeah, I like it. Yeah, <laughs> we we won't go any further down that road, but um, yeah, we need we need kids that are going to help. And I I hope I can call his name out, but I I'll never forget we had a young boy. I started him teaching him in fifth grade and followed him all the way up. But Cody Ponzio was one of our more on fire students, and he um, oh I think probably in seventh grade or so he started asking if he could be a, a lector at church and he had to go through quite a few ropes before uh, they trusted him with that job and he's still a lector <laughs> i had to politic for that well yeah I you will did bring him yeah yeah uh, understandably so understandably yeah. in their defense but uh i'll tell you that uh he's a fine man He's so active he recently, in the church. Uh, I recently talked to him. Well, when Victory Sports was coming around, uh, that we were going to need someone, and I talked to him about the job. And uh, he, what after he graduated, was applying for jobs, and there was some church with a similar mindset to be in charge of. And so when he considered taking the job, he went in to for his interview. And they had him fill in this paperwork, and they asked for him to sign their mission statement. And, I mean, he just pushed the paper back, and he said, oh, I am a confirmed Catholic, and this goes against my faith, and I can't—if this is a part of the job, then I can't take it. I'm not going to sign that. Convicted in his faith and connected it back to his confirmation. It it was an amazing story to hear that. And uh, So the— the statement I, I was really, something against it wasn't like you will follow in the teachings of this church or whatever I don't, can't remember exactly how it was but he just recognized it right away but um and Cody was all in still is all in <clears throat> and not only did he go through uh, RE and and uh, say our uh, St. Anthony youth program um after I retired I passed the torch on to him and he became the the um, youth, minister. youth minister for St. Anthony for a couple of years and um, and now he's uh, married and he's in the choir and he's they both volunteer still at, mm-hmm. with high school and everything so. so that's the kind of thing that shows me that you're alive in your faith once you're confirmed and uh, that's what the church is hoping for everybody everybody does it in their own way some people are a lot more um you know, might be a little more quiet about what they, you know, private about what they do. But you can't be private in a family, really. We we need everybody, even if you're a big mouth like me or, you know. Um, so that's the main thing. And then um, we've got the sponsors. Like we said, they need, they ideally could be your baptismal godparents. But whatever, they've still got a few um Things to expectations. Yeah, they got a little few hoops to jump through. Yeah, I so want to have to mention make- that this is a live program, and we would welcome a call or a question or a comment that goes along with uh, the subject, the sacrament of confirmation. And you could do that by dialing eight five five six eight three seven three three two. 
give us a call if you have a comment or question about the sacrament of confirmation. One one thing that I really enjoyed uh, learning more about is um, your patron saint, like you choose mm-hmm. choose a saint name. And that was uh, when my daughter, Lynn Marion, was in confirmation. We were uh, teaching it together, and it was... We, the parents were required to be there, and one of the favorite things that I enjoyed was talking about our own patron saint. And interestingly, <clears throat> my husband Keith did not remember who his confirmation saint was. Yeah, a lot of them and, don't remember um, who their confirmation saint was. And so having to search out all the documents, you think it's a lot of paperwork to become confirmed, apply for the diaconate. <laughs> uh, but he joyfully it was brought him great joy to find out that his confirmation saint was saint joseph he was he was ordained on saint joseph's feast day and now we're assigned to saint joseph's parish so we have a lot of connection with saint joseph but um that session of confirmation prep we sat and we talked about um and and guided the teens into learning more about a lot of saints and finding a saint that you admired or emulated, you know, patron saint of sports or patron saint of music or different things that resonated, something that you would always stick with you throughout the rest of your life, this saint who's going to now, along with your guardian angel, be there working hard for you. Mm Mm-hmm. I remember Marion, for the longest time, we thought she was going to choose St. Martha. And she surprised me, at least at the end. She ended up going with St. Julia. No, no. St. Christina Christina, the Astonisher. I'm sorry. Astonishing. Astonishing, yes. It was. That's right. It was Christina. Mm -hmm. Which I don't even remember any details about why she chose her. But it was obvious she did it on her own and she sought that out. And for whatever reason, she chose St. Christina the Astonishing. Maybe because (laughs) Marion is astonishing sometimes. (laughs) But also the the sponsor needs to be a a Catholic in good standing, a practicing Catholic. Um, They need to be over 16 years old. um, And they cannot be a parent of the confirmed. And so this goes also with adult confirmation. Um, They can't be a parent and they're asked not to be the spouse either. So we just, it's just part of bringing the community in someone other than your parents. Mm -hmm. So, um, and uh, the parents of the kids need to, uh, they just have to take part in everything and agree to, you know, bring them to all these sessions and hopefully agree to join them in the sessions. It's, it's a wonderful sacrament to celebrate as a family. It's even better than a wedding because everybody's happy at confirmation. Not everybody is always happy at a wedding. <laughs> so I used to be a wedding photographer, I can tell you. <laughs> tell you uh, I recently uh, interviewed Father James Misko um, a couple of months ago to talk about um, Lent and holy orders and things like that. And he... He mentioned confirmation in a different aspect. He said, you know, I, he didn't say this. I'm saying I've pictured confirmation as 
me confirming my faith, me confirming that I'm going to continue. And he said, actually, it's the church is confirming you. The church is saying, you've done this, you've done that, and now you're receiving the sacrament. And it was, I don't know, it just put a different twist on it, more as I'm standing there making the statement. It's the church saying, you have accomplished all of this. And uh, it was just really fascinating. I guess that's the same way with baptism, too. You know, similar. The the church is agreeing that, um, yes, we want this baby to, to, or this person to become Catholic. They've they've shown that, or the parents have shown that they are uh, willing to bring this child up to be Catholic. And Mm -hmm. the church is like, come on in. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you're talking about the saints and the uh, the kids often will choose a saint name, but it's not, or the adults, it's not required anymore. It used to be part of the, you know, requirement, but it's not anymore. But I, I wish they would keep emphasizing it because I think it's wonderful to have um, somebody else um, that is supernatural on your side, you know, like a certain person Helping your guardian angel out a little bit, blessed mother, on your team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's, and it I was listening to Robin as she's so eloquently can talk and passionately talk about sports um, in this new, I think it's awesome to have sports and um, the right. faith together. It's just another way to, to show that our spirituality it, covers all realms you know and, and it's the same with the confirmation mm-hmm. you, you're just gonna take it everywhere you go absolutely we only have about four or five more minutes left i want to make sure you had opportunity to cover um anything else yeah you know when you said a minute ago that people could you know i want to take a moment to say this is live i thought I thought, what did I say wrong? She said, <laughs> oh, like I was cautioning yeah. you? No. If this no. is live, Barbara. Don't re- remember. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think that's the main thing. Um, you know, there was there was just quite a few things towards the end of the confirmation study period. Towards the end, way we did it, we always had um, a retreat there at the end. Mm-hmm. And and it was so wonderful to to bring the Holy Spirit, not quite sealed in them yet, but but really kind of getting them there and helping them understand what they're about to undertake because mm-hmm. they were separated from the world basically. When you get them for whatever amount of time the retreat is, uh, you know it, it's it's different because when you're in class, it's an hour and a half long or whatever. Got your parents there. This is separate. This is them being, you know, an adult really to take this time and and really ponder what they're about to undertake. Yeah. Uh, When you think about the RCIA process, um, it's essentially a eight or nine month process, but you cover so much. It's I mean, I don't know. You never get it all. You never no. can cover it all. And uh, that's a lot of people just keep so coming back to RCA. Exactly yeah, right. You're say. Uh, continue on because you you just can't cover it all. And um, I mean, I'm that way. You go could, to mass every you could, uh, almost every day and, and encounter the readings or um, focus in on the sacrament of the Eucharist. You 
you just, you need grace. We need grace in our lives and we need awareness of the Holy Spirit and we need cooperation with the Holy Spirit and uh, especially the sacrament of confirmation where during the ceremony and uh, the bishop, like you, you can feel the momentum building up and Mm -hmm. we start and, you know, they're dressed in red for the Holy Spirit, similar to the mass of Pentecost. They're wearing red and we have the liturgy of the word. The bishop talks a little bit and, you know, here it comes and the formula he does performs an invocation of the Holy Spirit and extends. And it's an exorcism also, you know, because that oil that they're putting on you, it, um, it is to keep the devil away. That's the symbolism of the chrism oil. And I was reading that in the early times they would cover warriors in oil. So their enemies couldn't catch them, couldn't touch them. And that's the kind of where the chrism originated but also what you're saying it did begin with pentecost that's when the confirmation rite began so it's been practiced for 2000 years mm-hmm. we're still perfecting it <laughs> excellent great well um, i want to thank you for being here uh barbara we have just a few minutes left and i got dennis to uh scurry a little bit before we got the show started because if you listen regularly to the radio, we, we really have some fabulous uh, spots playing right now that are teaching about the season of Easter. We, uh, we go through Lent, and the season of Lent falls on your ears so familiar because it's this 40 days, and it's every week it's focused on, and then we go through Holy Week, the Triduum, we experience Easter Sunday, and we kind of forget about the fact that the Easter season is goes all the way up to Pentecost. And so we have these really great PSAs. Uh, Dennis, can we listen? Before we do that, can I just give a plug for Moses' ministry real quick? I think we'll have time at the okay. end of it. Okay. Cool. okay. You know about the Christmas season, but did you know that Easter is a season two, an even longer and greater one? During the whole church year, we stop at midday and pray the Angelus, except during the Easter season, when we offer the Regina Chaley, or Queen of Heaven. This antiphon dates to the 1200s. In it, we rejoice with the Blessed Mother that he whom you did merit to bear has risen as he said. Regina Chaley is also a name for the famous miraculous icon in Rome, venerated since the 600s. In the 19th century, Pope Gregory XVI added crowns to this sacred image of Mary, protectress of the Roman people. The May crownings we celebrate today are direct inheritances of those public celebrations begun in commemoration of the Pope's crowning of the Regina Chaley. The month of May has been the month of Mary for at least the past two and a quarter centuries, and May typically embraces at least some of the Easter season. Rejoice with us during these 50 days of Easter in the beauty of the resurrection. We are an Easter people, and Alleluia is our song. Thank you, Dennis. I appreciate you. I think it's such a conci- there's no way I could have told that story in one minute the way y'all did it with <laughs> the PSA. It's okay, Barbara, team you, effort. Yeah. you wanted to talk about the Moses ministry? Just a minute. Yeah. While I got y'all's ear, I would love to have some more people pray with us for Red Sea Radio uh, in through Moses ministry. It's very simple now. We pray the Our Father the the Hail Mary and then the glory be that's 
for the intentions of Red Sea. And we just ask our guardian angel, our blessed mother, um, St. Michael, the archangel, mm-hmm. who? St. Mm-hmm. Raphael. Raphael, sorry. We'll take them both. Yeah. Yes. We ask them to join us in that prayer and to protect this radio station. And I don't know what's happening in Palestine, but I, you know, <laughs> let's pray, you guys. I've been struggling we in the last that hour. In Jesus' name, we rebuke whatever's going yes. on over there. But y'all just go to Red Sea radio.org and click on pray and you can join through that through that link and you can also list your prayer inten- prayer intentions that you need we get quite mm-hmm. a few of them yes we do we do we pray for them regularly as a team and i know you do as your as your team as well barbara we really do appreciate all your support because uh spiritual attacks abound they definitely do yes as we know in today's age so okay so tell them one more time how to Go to redsearadio.org, click on pray, and like the website. It looks nice. I hadn't been there in a while. So yes. It does. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thanks, Barbara. Thank you for Welcome. being here. Uh, it's my pleasure. Heads up, we'll be tackling some of the other sacraments in the weeks to come. As for now, have a great day. Happy Easter. Hallelujah. He's risen. Amen. Talk